0: I am delighted that you have found the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. I'm Angela Cox, your host and indeed the Mindset Mentor and I'll be interviewing executives and founders at the top of their game to find out what lies beneath. I want to know what makes people proud, how they define success, what holds them back and indeed what drives them forward. This is authentic and natural conversation with the best in the business. So listen in, enjoy and if you love what you hear please do leave a review. And now over to today's guests. Hello lovely listener and welcome to the podcast which is a very special one today because I'm not interviewing anybody about their proudest moments. This podcast is actually going to be a coaching session with a lovely lady called Suzanne who has volunteered to go through this process with me today so that you the listener can hear what it might be like if you wanted to do some coaching too. But also, there'll be some tidbits in here that you'll be able to pick out and use in your own life that will help you to move forward in a different way. So I am hugely grateful to Suzanne for volunteering. I put out a bit of a call to action last week in my Project Me Academy group, which Suzanne is part of. And I think it took about five minutes for you to volunteer, Suzanne. (laughs) (laughs) So, welcome to this session. It's very brave of you. But, you know, you sent me through some notes that told me a little bit about you and sort of the things that you've gone through along the way. Yeah. But I'm interested to hear from you, first of all, what it is that you want to get out of the session and what was in your mind when you sent me that email saying, yes, I'll do it.
1: Yeah. So, I think for me, it's something I'm very aware of and I've been aware of it for a very long time. But it's that idea of always. Putting myself down. And to a degree, it feels like sometimes I feel like sometimes I put on an act, I suppose. Uh So, you know, people say, Oh, you're great, you're lovely, you're really good at what you do, and all of that sort of stuff. And that flies right over my head. And I hear things like, Well, you didn't do that right. And that wasn't very good. And why did you say it like that? And so sometimes I think I tend to listen to my sort of internal voice you know yeah. the person who's putting me down and, and I think the thing I notice is more than anything is that I've probably done it a couple of times in front of my daughters and I don't want them to be like that and they've been very quick to say to me mum stop putting yourself down
0: oh it's lovely that they can yeah. see that yeah how old are they
1: one is 18 and one is 21 oh wow yeah I mean obviously I think I've shared already that my husband died and he died mm-hmm. when they were only quite young so I've been sort of single parent and since mm-hmm. they were nine and 12. Wow. Um, so I've been sort of very, probably overprotective in many ways, but it's, it's what you do, isn't it?
0: And When there's been a loss as well, then that's even more likely, isn't it? Because yes. you've yes. got to protect you and them. Yes. Absolutely. So that's understandable. But when you look at your parenting success... Yes. Yeah. So you've got two daughters now in the you know teens and twenties. when you look at your parenting success, how do you rate that?
1: I probably emphasized the importance of being a good parent. If I'm really, really honest, I tend to again focus on some of the mistakes um, I've made and the other thing I think I did in retrospect is I replayed probably a version of my own parents. So okay. in my head, my dad was mean and nasty and a bully, etc. etc. And my mum sort of protected us from that. So I think I projected that really onto my own sort of parenting style. So even when my husband was alive, it was very much what I said, what I did is what went, if you know what I mean. You know, in retrospect that probably wasn't very fair and it certainly didn't give my husband the opportunity to shine as a parent really okay. because
0: because of- you were like mom, the protector which you'd yeah. learned from your mum
1: absolutely
0: and it sounds like as well from the notes that you sent through you're sort of that person for everybody As you talk about lots of people coming and telling you their stuff yeah. and you'll be the good listener and yeah. then you kind of carry that away with you
1: Yeah, and I don't know whether even I'm necessarily a great listener. Actually, I'm probably a great doer. (laughs) I tend to go, okay, okay, this is what we're going to (laughs) do. So I I suppose some of that is about control, isn't it, as well? You know, me controlling everything and this is how we're going to fix it and you want to do this and you should do that and go and fix this. And, uh, yeah, I think some of it is very much about control.
0: Yeah. And fixers tend to be perfectionists as well because they like everything just so. So you're covering your eyes there for the, for the sake of the listener. Tell me what that's just done to you when I mention
2: that um,
1: word. Just, yeah, it's just summed me up in a word, really. And, and, and ironically, when I say perfectionist, it's a perfectionist in not in every sense. So I can be quite chaotic. And for want of not giving myself a diagnosis, I'll probably meet <laughs> ADD diagnoses. So I'm a little bit chaotic, disorganised on the one hand. But when I set my goals, I've got to achieve them. They've got to be just so. They've got to be perfect. And I want to get from A to Z, you know, in less than 20 seconds as well.
0: (laughs) So an impatient perfectionist. An impatient
1: perfectionist at that, yeah.
0: Fabulous girl after my own heart. Okay, (laughs) so we've got this need for control. Protector. We've got perfection. Yeah, very high standards. It sounds like you set for yourself. You also talked in your in your synopsis about the need to be liked. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: So I assume that also comes from the childhood thing. Maybe self-esteem, sort of not feeling good enough. I think. Mm -hmm. And in order to sort of get through life in my head you have to be nice you have to be liked you have to help people and in a large part you know wanting to help is probably a fundamental aspect of my nature anyway but what I struggle with for example would be to say what I really feel if it's about me so I will stand up and fight the cause for example for you know, any friends, you know, I'd stand up and just, you know, hang on a minute. I'm not having that. And ta-da, ta-da, da But for whatever reason, I can't do it for me. Well, I do know why I can't do it for me. It almost makes me shrink. It makes me feel mm-hmm. tiny. And if I'm honest, it probably makes me feel a little bit afraid of that sort of what's the reaction going to be. Now, I suspect some of that was my dad was very... Aggressive and violent. And mm. so, whether or not, you know, not speaking the truth and not saying what you really think or feel has come from that. Sometimes I feel like I've got 14 faces. You know, somebody could say something that I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, I really don't like that, I'll just go, okay. And I'll ah. walk away. And internally, I'm feeling like I've let myself down because ah. I've almost colluded with something that I didn't like. But I can't say I don't like that.
0: Okay. Okay. So it sounds like what we've got going on here is the desire to be liked. And it's almost like a necessity to be liked is actually impacting your ability to be authentically you. Absolutely. But it also sounds like you've got a high level of awareness now in terms of knowing that that pattern is going on and feeling discord about the fact that you can't be authentic or you're not wanting to be authentic at the moment. And it's interesting when you use the word self-esteem, because when we talk about self-esteem, that's about being able to look at your accomplishments and look at what you've achieved and whether it's in line with your values. That's Mm. what gives us self-esteem. Yeah. So it's about looking back through life, all the things that you've done, and being able to say, well, that chunk of them was in line with my values, and therefore it builds my esteem. And this chunk wasn't, and therefore it diminishes it. And what happens with the chunk that doesn't is the inner critic gets involved, yeah. which is that internal voice in the head that starts to give an issue. Yeah. So we've got this pattern, and you've identified the pattern. And part of the pattern is about, Helping you be able to speak your truth, be able to be authentic. So, I've got a question for you before we delve into the threat, because you've already alluded to the threat in yeah. terms of yeah. where that might have come from. Why might people not like you?
1: Because I can be very vocal okay. about things that I care about. Some people call it passionate. <laughs> I've had to probably fight for things in the past so I can be quite good at seeing the weaknesses in other people's arguments so for example if say for example somebody with additional needs needed support and a service is saying no I'm not doing that I can look at the weakness in that argument and go well hang on a minute according to this this says this I can be Dogmatic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I so. yeah. I'm persistent. Yeah. I'm not, you know, for somebody else who's trying to shoo me away, you know, I'm probably a thorn in the side to a degree.
0: So it sounds like you are prepared to do that where there yeah. is a just cause.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So yeah. somebody might not like you because you're really good at looking at all the detail, joining the dots and finding the flaws in the argument. Yes. Yeah and you're prepared to go to that end if it's for the right reason
1: absolutely
0: and then if the person doesn't like you that's okay
1: that's okay because that was for a just cause that was for a reason that you know I believed in and it's in my head the right thing to do
0: okay okay so that's back to values which is great why else might people not like you
1: Probably in my head why people might not like me would because sometimes I can be impatient <laughs> and I get anxious sometimes and that can come across as really quite grumpy and to some people might seem a little bit of, oh my goodness, how grumpy and irritable are you, but actually it's coming from a place of anxiety. And I think that goes back to the control thing. Again, if something's not in my control, I'm a little bit like, ah. So I suspect that. And then the other reasons why people might not like me, I suppose, in my head is probably things like my appearance or, you know, what I look like or how I act. You know, certainly in the past sort of when I was younger you know I would think I won't I won't get a boyfriend because I'm you know I'm not pretty enough or I'm not slim enough or I'm not interested enough I probably tended to do a lot of comparison to other people and think well you know I don't meet that standard or that standard I'm not as cool as them or I'm not as clever as them or as interesting as them sometimes I have an idea that I'm boring as well I don't know where that comes from but it's sort of, I find it quite ironic, really, because I'll think, oh, God, Susan, you, you can be really boring. And yet everybody will say to me, you're really great company and you're full of fun and you want to get out and have fun. And, you know, but yeah.
0: And I wonder whether that's part of the mask wearing, that version yeah, yeah. of you that's wearing
1: the mask is fun. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what it is, probably. And I think the mask wearing have only really become more aware of it in the last couple of years actually so in the past if somebody would have said to me are you an introvert or an extrovert for example I would have absolutely said extrovert but now I would say the exact opposite.
0: Oh, interesting interesting yeah. so as you're growing into the awareness of who your authentic self is yeah you're realizing the mask that you're wearing of this kind of larger than life character might not actually be true.
2: Yeah yeah okay. no, absolutely
0: So I might not be liked because I am standing up for what I believe in and helping a just cause and and I'm comfortable with not being liked then. Yeah. I might not be liked because I've been triggered by something which is causing an anxious reaction and the behaviour I exhibit isn't comfortable for the other person. Yeah. How do you feel about that one? Is that okay or not okay?
2: It's okay.
1: I recognise what it is. So I suppose it's not as uncomfortable as as it could be. More often than not, when I show those signs, they're usually people to, who are closer to me. So um, I'll usually say afterwards, "I'm really sorry about that." <laughs> that was because I was really anxious about X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Um, so it tends to to not have such a, a significant effect.
0: And then the final one that you talked about is how you look. So it's not necessarily who you are on the inside; it's who you are on the outside. Yeah. So if someone was to demonstrate that they didn't like you. I'm wondering whether that actually happens or not. But if someone does that, is that okay or not okay?
1: No, that's definitely not okay. That's definitely not okay. I think in the past, I've had like little comments or the odd comments, and I can still remember them years later in a way. So, for example, gosh, I went on a holiday many, many years ago and somebody, picked me up and then said to me oh you're not as heavy as you look and I was like but it's like it wasn't anything major but I remember being Mm. oh my god I am mortified.
0: Who said Uh, that to you was it a man or a woman?
1: It was a man yeah not a man that I was particularly interested in or anything like that so his opinion didn't really matter to me Mm. but I was a bit like oh right and I suppose that made me question well What do I look like? Well, you know, am I seeing something different than what you're seeing? And it sort of questioned my sort of perception of me, really, I suppose.
0: And let's dig into that for a second. So your perception of you, yeah, before that comment was made, was your perception of you that you were heavy or Mm -hmm. were you
1: unaware? Well, no, I thought I was looking great. Actually, I thought, I think I probably lost a little bit of weight you know I'd say I was certainly slimmer than I am now for example although I'm fitter now believe it or not because I do more exercise now because I wasn't someone who exercised previously but I was definitely slimmer than I had been what I think it was as well is that I tended to wear baggy clothes so Uh,
2: I wore baggy jumpers
1: and yeah hiding and stuff so I can see why he's probably looked at me and gone oh god this is is somebody who's going to weigh heavy and then he's going oh no you're not as heavy and actually you can take that one of two ways can't you You could take that as a compliment but I absolutely didn't I took it as an absolute insult
0: well let's have a look at that in terms of where it's sitting with you on the inside because there's these moments in time that can just keep playing through the inner critic yeah so what I'd like you to do if you're comfortable with this is yeah. to close your eyes and put yourself back in that situation where he's picking you up and saying what he said yeah and just notice if you feel it anywhere in your body as you step back into your shoes yeah
2: in and then
0: stomach. open your eyes where did you feel it
1: right there in my stomach sort of yeah and what sort of feeling was it sort of a, a squirmy. I can see it on your face. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> and if you were going to give that an emotive word, what would the word be?
1: Nauseating.
0: Nauseating. And how, if we were going to score it out of ten, with ten was it hit you straight away and was strong feeling? Zero was it was like nothing at all. Where would it be?
1: Ten. Eleven. Oh
0: God! Right. <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> okay. Put your hands on your shoulders for me, and we're just going to. You're going to work down your arms and cross over the palms. And you're going to keep doing that for me. And as you do that, I'm going to ask you a question. Would you prefer maths or English? Maths. Maths. So I'm going to ask you to count backwards from 100. Okay. In threes. Out loud. Oh, God. I know, no pressure
1: at all. Okay. 197. 94. Ninety one, eighty eight, eighty five, eighty one, seventy eight, seventy five, seventy two, sixty nine, sixty six, sixty three, sixty, fifty seven, fifty four, fifty one, forty eight, forty five, forty two, thirty nine, thirty six. 33, 30, 27, 24, 21, 18, 15, 12, 9, 6, 3. Oh, you're good at maths.
0: (laughs) Just rub your hands together. You're really good at maths. (laughs) Lots and lots of people struggle with that exercise and get themselves in a right tis, but you were like ace in it. (laughs) Okay. Rubbing your hands together, I want you to just take your eyes for me to the left
2: and then to the right and to the left and to the right, back to the center. And then I want you to take them up into your eyebrows. It can be a bit uncomfortable, but keep at it. And then down to the floor and then up to the eyebrows. And down to the floor. And then back to the centre. Well done. We can stop with the hands. And I'm going to
0: ask you now to go back into that moment again and just notice what's changed. So eyes closed, back into your shoes. In that very moment.
2: I'm struggling to think about it, to be honest.
0: Anything in your body at all?
2: No
1: nothing
0: okay and then open your eyes (laughs) she opens her eyes with like a massive look I'm I'm sat there going
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to like put the picture because the last time the picture was so clear in my head it was like I was there and then I tried that and it was like a blank screen it's like there was nothing there
0: it's such a strange thing isn't it yeah And I remember when I first did this, I remember thinking, oh, I'll be able to remember it tomorrow and it'll make me feel horrible again. But it actually doesn't.
2: Wow. That is
0: amazing. What's gorgeous about it? And I've lost my, oh, there it is, my prop, which the listeners can't see, but we'll explain it. If this is the amygdala in your brain, I'm holding like a glass heart here. Mm -hmm. But if this is the amygdala in your brain, that Mm -hmm. moment when that man said what he said, And you made it mean what you made it mean. Yeah. That personalization sits on the amygdala like a little landmine. Yeah. And so, as you're experiencing the world and someone looks at you a certain way and they might, you know, point their eyes to your tummy, let's say, I can't even see your tummy. So, I'm making this up. But if they point their eyes to your tummy, you might go, Oh, they think I'm fat. Yeah. Because this, experience that you had is being triggered as you're taken in the world today
2: yeah if we
0: can remove the charge or the trigger from the bomb from the landmine then actually as you experience the world you do it from a place of neutrality yeah and if we remove it from the physiology of your body that horrible nauseating feeling in your stomach then it doesn't have the same impact and the inner critic doesn't have the same voice
1: yeah That makes so much sense. So
0: you can do that on your own with memories that you have that create you embarrassment, shame, guilt, feelings. Amazing. And just work through them in that way.
1: That's brilliant. That is probably the most useful tool I've ever been given, I think. It's fabulous. It's so fabulous.
0: And you've worked through Project Me. So some of the things that you've, you've thought about in Project Me, you'll be able to work on in that way. Yes. Now, interestingly, you had the, I'm not liked for the way I look, but you also said, and I think this is interesting, the way you worded it, is you said, I'm maybe not liked because I can be vocal. Yeah. And then you said other people might call it passionate, but passionate is a really interesting word, isn't it? It's a nice word. It is a word that you'd want to be known and associated with. Vocal can have different connotations to it. So it's interesting that you chose vocal and then allowed it to be passionate for other people, but not for you.
2: Mm. Let's
0: just think about that term vocal and let's think about what you were saying about your dad and the threat of you speaking up at home and just talk to me a little bit about that.
1: So at home, I would have a go at saying what I think sometimes. But invariably at home, it wasn't a safe space to say what you think or to be honest. So, what I would do, you know, if I was in a situation where I had to say something, I would say what was needed to be heard as opposed to what I necessarily thought.
0: Interesting. So, you were wearing a mask even then? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Because that was a matter of safety, I suppose. Yeah. And it's interesting because I have a sister who absolutely cannot tell a lie in any way, shape or form. And she'll say it stems from being a home that, you know, I made a resolution that when I left home, I would never tell a lie.
2: Okay.
1: And she just, she just will not, you know, consider it. But for me, it was a matter of safety. And I probably still get that feeling sometimes. So if I'm in an awkward situation, And I suppose the best way I can describe it is you know, when someone asks you the question, but you're not expecting it, and you sort of answer on the cuff, and then you Mm -hmm. go, Why have I just said that? So there's one that sticks in my mind. I was, I'd gone to a a, a dinner dance or something with my husband, and somebody said, Are you staying in the hotel? And we weren't staying in the hotel because we live locally. And I automatically went, Oh, yeah. And then 10 minutes later, I heard this person saying to my husband, oh, we'll have to have a drink later in the bar with you staying. And I heard him saying, no, we're not staying. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. You know, and there was, there the felt no reason to, to say it other than it was that feeling. It was like, yeah, it was just that instant, almost like a rise and panic. Mm. What am I going to answer here? I need to say this.
0: Because in that moment, it's quite a neutral moment. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're staying or you're not. No, it doesn't. And yet instinctively yeah. you've put yourself in a situation of answering to I wonder what that was, whether that was to fit in or to be accepted or I
1: think so, possibly. Whatever. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think it was, well, you know, most people here will be staying. So I will say that yes. I will say that I am. <laughs> You know, probably back to that. Well, otherwise, that would make me not good enough that less. Yes. So I need to say those things.
0: But let's think about so you've got some examples of when you've done that. Let's think about that situation at home where you said that you want to say one thing, but you say what you think needs to be said. Yes. In order for it to be safe. Yeah. And that you then feel that it's okay. But afterwards, you're probably feeling frustrated. But yes. you weren't able to say it. Have you got an example of that that really sticks in your mind from when you were little?
1: From when I was little, I think the examples that stick in my mind are my dad being violent to my mum, and then I would have to speak, still speak to him. So there was oh. a time he threw a plate and it hit my mum on the head, and she had to have stitches in her head, oh. and I was there. And he tried to justify it to me. He tried to say, well, you know, this was all your mum's fault because of X, Y, and Z. And I wanted to say it absolutely wasn't, you know, there's no reason for that. But I knew I couldn't. So I just sat there fuming. I'm frightened, really. Yeah, I bet you
0: were. How old were you then? Do you know?
1: Probably about seven, six, seven. <sighs> My Yeah. yeah. And I was the oldest as well, so obviously I, I felt the need to protect yeah. everybody else as well.
0: So you're doing the job like your mum did. Yeah. yeah. On another level. But at six or seven years old, to have the wherewithal to know what you need to do to navigate this situation in the best way. Yeah. But so interesting now when you talk about why you're not like sometimes and the things that cause you discord is when you want to say one thing but you're almost forced to say a different one yeah and you've learned that pattern when you were little
1: yeah absolutely
0: so what we could do here if you want to yeah is we can go into that situation that you observed did you actually observe the plate throwing
1: yeah yeah and we
0: can neutralize that first of all with the havening okay and then what I suggest we do is Actually, allow that little girl to have her voice. Okay. Are you willing to do that?
2: Yeah, yeah, let's give it a go.
0: When we let the little girl have her voice, by the way, you don't have to tell us what happens in that conversation. So it's a protected thing that you do in your own time. But let's see how you feel when you go into that moment. And I want you to do it very fleetingly. So you're going to go in. Put yourself in
2: your shoes, feel it, and open your eyes straight away. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Where do you feel it? Chest and stomach. And what would be the word that you feel? Terrifying. Put your hands on your shoulders for me. We're going to come back down again and cross the palms. And this
0: time, I'd like you to tell me five places that you've been to on holiday.
2: Okay.
1: Tenerife, Bulgaria,
2: Spain, Cornwall,
1: and New York.
2: Oh, lovely New York. I'm going there in December. Tell me three things that you did in New York.
1: Lovely meals... Broadway show um, Went to see the Empire State Building
0: Oh nice And can you spell Bulgaria backwards for me
1: Absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> A-I-R A-G-L-U-B No I have no
0: idea Whether that was right or wrong So
1: that's <laughs> <Yeah>. fine <laughs>
0: But now you can have a go at Tenerife.
1: Oh, my word.
2: E-F-I-R-E-N-E-T. Oh, well done. That was brilliant. And then just rub your hands together for me. And while you do that, I want you to just to open your eyes and take them to the left. And then the right and the left, and the right, back to the centre. I want you to circle them clockwise. And then I want you to circle them (laughs) anti-clockwise.
1: Nice. (laughs) In a zigzag situation, because I can feel them going all over the show. Do you know, so
0: many people do that, it's really interesting. And
2: then just the final one, just take them up into your eyebrows for me. And then down to the floor. Then up into the eyebrows. And down to the floor. And then back to the centre. Well done. And then just pause with the hands. I want you to just take a little breath. And then I want you to put yourself back in the moment again. And just see what's changed Yeah, it doesn't feel quite as threatening Where's the feelings in the body? Sort of still, tummy a little bit But nowhere near as much
0: What would your score be now for that feeling in your tummy?
2: Maybe a four Nice Open your eyes mm. Well done
0: so I didn't take your score before, actually. That was remiss of me. So what would you say it was before?
2: I'd be off the scale. Continue. Yeah.
0: Oh, I could see it was off the scale looking at you and the way that you, you know, your whole body tensed up yeah. when you went in there. So we've got it to a four. What I'd like you to do now is to go into the scene mm-hmm. as the adult version of you now. Okay. And I want you to go and soothe that little version. So imagine that you're going to go and pick her up yeah, and just give her what she needed in that moment. So that might have been a hug or some words
2: from you, but help her to feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's our first step. We wanted to feel safe and that you've got her back.
0: And then what we want her to do is to go to the moment when she's having the conversation with dad and dad's doing his convincing mode. Yeah. And you're going to be with her. Mm -hmm. And what we want is for her to be able to say what's actually going on for her and what she feels about it. Now, importantly, you're meeting the highest version of dad in this conversation, not the one that was in that moment throwing the plate. Yeah, yeah. So go and have that conversation.
2: Let us say what she actually wanted to say and just see what happens. And when you've done that, open your eyes. Yeah. How did that feel for her? Amazing. (laughs) It really did. Yeah. Really good. How did he respond? He hung his head, actually. Hung his head. That's all right. Let it out if it's there. Yeah. Just let it out. Yeah, no, I'm okay. You don't have to
0: put your mask on with me. Just <laughs>
2: let it there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so good at them.
0: I know I know you know we do this don't we when we're in the height of emotion it's like perfect head back on
2: yeah yeah
0: let it out and let her let's just take a moment to just honor that little version of you you know empowered
2: courageous saying what's on her mind
1: I think it's just that sense of relief as well you don't realize that it's still there and then if it, it actually felt like I genuinely had just had that conversation if not does, like, it? Oh, this is yeah the relief is unbelievable
0: it's such a simple thing to do yeah that we can diminish it because we can go oh it's ridiculous it's never gonna work yeah. and you know I was one of those people who was such a cynic about this type of work yeah but actually giving the opportunity for the little version of us to have a voice yeah is hugely empowering to the adult version of us that is repeating the pattern so
1: often it's so incredibly powerful that like, really and I've heard obviously because of the mindset mental thing and I have it you know the little girl thing and I've sort of done the same thing I've I'm one of those, again, impatient, (laughs) right? If that exercise and move on to the next.
2: No. I
1: really appreciated it in the way that I do now. I absolutely do now.
0: It's a really powerful exercise. And again, what I want you to realize from that is you can go into that, I call it the room of resolution. You can go into the room of resolution and have conversations with anybody from any time in your life, whether they're here or not. Yeah. And say what you should have said in that moment. Yeah. Or apologise to somebody if you feel like you've done something and you're carrying that guilt around with you. Yeah. Or speak up when you didn't speak up or go to that lady and say, (laughs) oh, my God, I can't believe I said that to you. (laughs) What must you have thought of me when my husband said we weren't (laughs) saying? (laughs) oh my word (laughs) and it it just releases us from the shackles that you know because a moment like that where ultimately you've been embarrassed later on in the evening yeah by your husband spurting the truth yeah a moment like that can hold us stuck in a shackle absolutely and then when we're trying to pursue a goal yeah we fall into a sabotage loop because that guilt Yes. Our embarrassment is sitting inside
2: of us.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. That so really this
2: happens happened. all the time.
1: And I do a lot of thinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a lot of analysing. A lot of analysing. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? We're all really good at analysing, but it's being able to then do something differently as a result of the analysis. It
1: is, absolutely. I think I use analysis as a weapon.
0: Interesting.
1: As like a spot the weak bit because it's easier to spot the weak bits, to be fair, than your strengths. But then they're the ones I'll think about and try and improve. But sometimes I don't necessarily try to improve them. I just beat myself over the head with them. Yeah. Inherent fault.
0: It's kind of nice to stick in that space. You know, I call it the victim space on the drama triangle. Yeah. It's nice to sit in that space because we don't have to be accountable yeah. for moving forward.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: You strike me as someone who wants to do that, though.
1: I absolutely do. Yeah. We do. Yeah. Yeah. You've had
0: lots of successes, so you do do it. Yeah. To a certain extent in lots of different areas, including parenting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I do. I think it's probably like everybody else. I have that sort of up and down effect. But I think when I hit the down part, I think... I fail to remember any of those successful bits and then I get a bit stuck. I think that's what it is. And then I'll tell myself I can't do it.
0: Interesting. So we'll do something on that in a moment. But before we do that, I want to just finish off with this little version of you. Okay. She's just found her voice in this moment. Yeah. And what I'd like you to do now is go back in as the adult version of you. Yeah. Just let me walk you through this before you do it. I'd like you to say how proud you are of that little version of you for finding her voice. Yeah. And then I want you to imagine putting that little version of you into a safe space. Okay. So a place where she felt great, safe, secure, protected. Where might that have been when you were a little girl?
1: Probably somewhere with my mum, probably with my mum of, of an evening when my dad had gone out to the pub or something. And me and my mum would just sit and watch TV.
0: So that felt good.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So what we want to do then is you go in, say how proud you are, because we want to praise the bravery and the courage. Yeah. And then allow her to understand that it's okay for her to speak up and say what's on her mind so give her that counselling like you're really good at doing with everybody else give her that yeah and then I want you to
2: move her into a safe space the one with your mom, Mm -hmm. and then imagine leaving her there okay okay yeah How does that feel? Really comforting. Nice. That's a lovely word. Yeah, really comforting. Yeah. That's a really lovely word. And quite calming as well, actually,
1: in amongst all the chaos that goes on it does feel quite oh this is nice
2: yeah it's nice to be still isn't it
1: yeah yeah
2: often when there's a threat to security
0: and safety Mm -hmm. which is something that you then carry through life constantly on the lookout for the threat yeah and actually there's a massive percentage of us that are built like that Yeah. We've got this kind of what's called the vulnerable landscape in the brain. When we're built like that, the tendency to be busy is enormous. Yeah. Because being busy means that the threat is less likely to happen. Yeah. Because you're pleasing everyone, you're doing everything for everyone, you know, and, and it keeps you safe. Yeah. And you don't necessarily like the silence and the stillness because it reminds you of where you're not being aligned to your values.
2: Yeah. Like in the not speaking up and saying what's on your mind. So to be able to just be still sometimes is nice. And using the havening
0: as a way to do that. So doing the, from the shoulders down to the palms is a really nice way to do that and affirming the good about you yeah because when you do the haven in touch you release serotonin into the brain which we all need a bit more of absolutely and then affirming the good about you will actually start to build up that evidence file because at the moment you've got a great evidence file of what you're not good at (laughs) and you're brilliant at affirming all the negatives you know, know. which many of us are <laughs> but the flip side of that all the stuff that you're amazing at other people affirm that to you and validate it yeah but you push it away and you don't allow yourself to recognize it all of the time yeah so okay. let's just think about that as a dynamic if you want to hush
2: down the inner critic yeah what is it that you need to do To be able to get some balance.
1: So I probably need to listen to some of the things that people are saying are nice and good or acknowledge them at least to get a bit more of a
2: balance. And when you hear them, so if
0: I say to you, oh, you're really amazing with people in terms of the way that you connect. So what you've just done there is look away from me. (laughs) Because the body language gives it away. This is what happens. What you physically did then, as I said that, was you closed your eyes and your head went down. As if
2: to say, don't say that about me. Yeah. Because why is that so bad? It's not. I think it's you don't know what to do with the information. Okay. So what options do you have in what you do with the information?
1: Well, you could just say thank you, I suppose, which would be helpful.
0: They tell us that, don't they? In you know, all these kind of courses, yeah, they're yeah. saying,
2: <laughs> say
0: thank say you. Thank you <laughs> and then the inner critic goes, yeah, but I still don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. The saying thank you is a step, definitely.
1: Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's, a, it's, a, it's that pause, really, rather so pausing a little bit to try and allow it to to process instead of instantly dismissing it
2: that is a really good step because the thank you I often feel that
0: that thank you is a little bit flippant yeah yeah because it doesn't really dilute the inner critic no and actually we don't feel authentic because if you don't believe what's being said to you thanking someone for it is kind of by the by
1: yeah yeah you know
0: It's like thanking someone for some chicken soup when you don't like chicken soup. How many times have you done that before at your friend's house when you were a kid? <laughs> Their mum makes you a yeah. tea and you're like, yeah, I love this. <laughs> because you don't want to sound ungrateful. Yeah. So your idea of pausing in that moment and considering what's been said, I always think that there's a really lovely question we can ask ourselves around that, which is,
2: why might they be saying that mm. about me so someone's just given me a compliment first instinct
0: will be to go that's rubbish i don't believe yeah. it in yeah. a critical god they <laughs> don't really mean that but actually forcing yourself to answer the question why might they be saying that about me yeah makes you go and dig into some evidence
2: mm-hmm.
0: and find your own validation for the comment
1: yeah that makes sense
0: and we're then much more likely to move towards acceptance of the comment we might still not believe it funny, but yeah. we move towards acceptance mm. now internally right now what's happening for you
1: yeah no I'm, I'm sat here thinking actually of how that would be helpful in terms of thinking about because it, if somebody says something that was a negative, I'd automatically accept it. I should. I wouldn't even give it a second thought. But no, I think you're right. I think that question would really help me to think about, well, okay, do I have evidence of that? And I, and I probably would have, actually, is the truth of the matter, when I think about it.
0: And how often in life, if we take an average day, do you get compliments versus criticisms? If we were given a percentage, what, what would it be?
1: Probably more compliments at the moment, to be fair. Well, probably more compliments anyway, actually. I tend to get a lot of compliments about being good at my job, having great ideas in work and and sort of being a good mum and being helpful, obviously, to family and stuff, and they all rely on me. So I probably do get more compliments. In fact, I can't really remember the last uncompliment I got, to be fair no I can't
2: interesting so you're getting a
0: wave of compliments that you're not necessarily fully accepting yeah but I'm guessing the criticism is coming from you
2: yeah absolutely
0: every minute of every day (laughs) yeah which is what most women are like yeah and a lot of men can be like this too yeah so to start to stop that barrage of criticism over here, yeah. if you're forcing yourself to place some emphasis on accepting the compliment by asking yourself that question, yeah. you've got less time for any of this critique yeah. malarkey. Yeah. Yeah. But also, it's starting to notice when the critique comes in, what are the patterns?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And if
0: we go back to that definition of self esteem, which is about our self esteem is pulled down when we're not being consistent with our values. Yeah. Start to notice how much of the self criticism is because you're not staying true.
1: Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. So you're not
0: speaking up or, you know, you're not doing things that are aligned to what you believe in. Yeah. How many of them are about your appearance?
2: And then how many of them might be about other things? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's about really noticing the reframe of those thoughts that are coming in. Yeah. Because yeah. they are just thoughts. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, no, that makes, that makes a whole host of sense, really. And it's probably stuff... I am aware of but don't or haven't put the work in I suspect it's easy isn't it to just accept the rubbish thoughts that you've got but actually that's made me really think about how I'm gonna be more conscious I think
0: it's really hard it's like um sticking to going to the gym every day or sticking to drinking green juice every day or whatever it's hard to bring in reframing thoughts and yeah. everybody knows that they should do it but most people don't do it consistently yeah the good news is you only have to do it 50% of the time
1: absolutely yeah yeah I think my daughter hit the nail on the head for me and I think this is why I wanted to do this as well as I said something to her the other week about oh you know I need to lose all this weight that I've put on over COVID or something and she she looked at me like that and she went but mom that's not going to make your life perfect. You know, you're not going to wave a magic wand by losing a stone or whatever. You know, what's that going to do for you? And I thought, she's right, really. But I'll focus on that. I'll be my thing, you know. And I'll be like, I really need to lose that stone. And it was when she said, and then what? And I saw it was a bit like, oh, yeah. And and then what?
0: Wise girl. Wise girl she is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she is.
0: We can use that gap. You know, what we don't have, what we haven't done, what we need to do. We can use that gap as a way to punish ourselves and, and actually stay stuck. Yes. Whereas the acceptance of who you are right now in this moment, you know, that idea of being enough. Yes. And anchor into that in those moments where you find yourself looking at the gap. Yeah. It means that we're much more successful at closing the gap because we accept who we are right now.
2: Yeah. So
0: if you don't do anything else, working on that acceptance of the here and now. Absolutely. And knowing that that little girl is safe.
1: Yeah. I think that's going to make an amazing difference, actually. I actually do. She can,
0: you know, she can speak up now because the consequence of speaking up wasn't what she expected it to be.
1: No. No, exactly.
0: You know, her dad reacted in the way that, you would want rather yeah. than in that threatening, violent, abusive Absolutely.
2: way. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've disarmed the threat. Yeah.
1: It's brilliant. Incredibly powerful.
2: And we've only had an hour
0: together. I mean I feel like I could go another two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like we've had a week. <laughs> oh no I love- amazing.
0: I'd love it if after the session, you just sort of made some notes about what you've done. Yeah. You know, think about the conversation you had with your dad, perhaps write that down. Yeah. The safe space, just so you can hold on to some of the things and not forget about them. I will do. And obviously you'll be able to listen to this back as well, which most people don't have the beauty of. And just really think about one thing that you can do differently as a result. If you were
1: going to say what that one thing is now, what might that be? I think the one thing I'm going to do, well, for me, the quick win will be the finding the evidence for the compliments.
2: Yeah. I think that will be
1: a very quick win. And I think in terms of the longer term, I think I'm going to keep on thinking about that little girl and the safety thing and start being a little bit more, brave about saying what i need to say i just keep that in mind
0: nice that's vulnerability and we can be vulnerable once we feel secure yeah yeah
1: thank Thank you you. thanks so so much angela really appreciate it
0: you've been so open and so honest given that we are recording this and (laughs) we've got that awareness in the back of our minds all the way through but yeah thank you for just allowing us to be part of it.
1: Thank you. I'm really, really glad I've done it because it's really helped me a lot.
0: Marvellous. All right, well, I will end the recording. Then you and I will catch up in a second. But thank you for listening, dear listener. I hope that you got something from that too. And I'm sure you'll join me in giving a big thank you to Suzanne. So take good care and so just like that we're at the end of the podcast i hope you've enjoyed your time listening today and a big thank you from me for taking the time I'd really love it if you would be able to leave a review because it really does help us to get noticed. And if you haven't already, why not subscribe and then you never miss an episode. I wish you a lovely rest of the day, whatever it is that you're doing. And I hope that you stay safe
2: and well.